Welcome to our next episode of the Five Moments of Need Performance Matters series. This is Bob Mosier, one of the many co-hosts you'll meet throughout this series. So friends, are you trying to learn more about the Five Moments of Need? Maybe how to design for them, implement for them, measure them and even sell them as an approach to your enterprise. Well, in the Performance Matters series, we will help you better understand the theory and best practices behind this powerful methodology and offer proven ways to put the five moments of need into practice. Okay, friends, welcome back. Bob Mosier here, as I was just introduced in the Welcome to the Podcast. It is so great to have you all here. We're well into the 20s in our podcast series. So excited about that. Really hitting the ground, running at a great cadence here, and so appreciate the feedback and the downloads. Please let us know how we're doing. We want to keep these relevant and helpful. And today, my gosh, is my favorite sub-series. As you know, we're doing many of these under the Performance Matters brand. Today, we're doing my favorite, which is around Experience Matters. We could not be honored more today to be joined by one of both Khan and my heroes in this industry, the most wonderful Katie Coates uh, from McKinsey. She'll be introducing herself a bit more in just a minute. She is just one of those rare L&D leaders to us in this industry who's not afraid to risk not afraid to fail forward, if you will, and truly is a leader in all that she does. So, Katie, welcome. Great to have you here, my friend. Thank you so much, Bob. It is great to be here with you, and th- thanks for that wonderful introduction, and I'm, I'm honored. So deserved, my friend. So deserved. So, hey, would you give us a bit about your background, your title, and sort of a, a current state of your team, if it's comfortable, you know, makeup of it, responsibilities, kind of thing, so people have an understanding of the current lay of the land there? Sure. So I've been in learning and development for over 25 years. My current role, I'm with McKinsey and Company, and I lead learning for our internal firm services. So about 13,000 professionals in our kind of IT, human resources, talent, recruiting, finance. So all of the, the organizations that support our business team right now, we're pretty new. So the firm has really recently started investing more in this area. And my team is pretty new. I have one curriculum manager that works with me and a couple of delivery folks that help us deliver our programs. Perfect. So let's get let's get back to the thing about what you're currently doing right now and the, and the degree to which they're letting you risk and journey into this a bit. And Katie, why the five moments? Give us a little bit about the journey that brought you here to this approach specifically business drivers along that journey and give us that sort of lead into how you got here. Sure. I mean, I think our managing director, Kevin Schneider, has been out and he talks a lot about kind of the pace of change right now is is moving faster than ever before and it will never be this slow again. And when we look at the complexity of the world and, and of our work and the requirements, we've really had to start thinking about how do we do this? How do we become more flexible, more agile? How do we really focus on performance of our people to give them the, the skills and the, the knowledge, the mindsets that they need to really perform in, in this environment? As you know, we spent some time learning from you and Khan about the five moments of need, really looking at our, our internal learning group and, and how do we focus on performance first instead of training or, or education, but really what does it mean to actually do your job? And I just think that's really critical kind of given the, the business environment now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, you know, we are in a space where we are in test and learn mode. So we're trying all kinds of new strategies and, and the five moments of need, performance support, how do we bring learning into the workflow is just pivotal. 
You've done such a brilliant job being open to that. And I love the blend. It's all part of that journey of what true blended learning is. So Katie, tell us a bit about it, you know, again, to the degree that you can, which is totally understandable. What have you worked on? What have been your milestones or projects or even outcomes that have helped mature you in this thinking, but also obviously your organization and the learners? The first project that we worked on that we kind of piloted with were consultants. We provide consulting services. We help organizations solve wicked problems. And part of the deliverables that our consultants provide to clients are written materials. So they're PowerPoint presentations, or we call them pages or decks. And one of the first things that consultants learn when they join McKinsey is how to create pages in the McKinsey way, in the McKinsey format, and the methodologies that we use to create pages. And what we found is there's so much out there to understand. Even if you've learned PowerPoint, when you come into McKinsey, there's a McKinsey type of PowerPoint, Mm -hmm. all kinds of add-ons and things like that. There's also a way of thinking about creating and structuring documents. So We use logical structuring for how we build out our pages and the logic that's around that top down, bottom up type of logic. So there's a lot for a new consultant to really wrap their head around as they start to do this type of work. So the very first project was to create a performance support tool, which is very different from what we've seen out there. You know, we've seen a lot of support tools that that are helping sales professionals or they're kind of helping help desks or other things. This was taking more of a kind of softer skill, if you will, Mm -hmm. and really building it into a performance support solution. And we built this. It's a small window that, that pops up with the consultant as they're working on the PowerPoint and it walks them through how do you produce a page? How do you choose the type of chart that you want to create? How do you create that chart? We provide them with tons of resources and example pages that they can pull from and and leverage to create a new page. It's very, very powerful. And we rolled it out with our new higher orientation. So when they join, they get access to this support tool. And you know we've had around 8,000 professionals touch this tool. And as expected, they use it for quite a bit of time after they leave the new higher orientation and then it kind of dwindles down. But that's kind of what we expect to happen over time. You know what I'm so impressed about is that with IT, there is the soft side, isn't there? And even something as mundane, if I may say, or or commonplace as PowerPoint, it's really a strategic tool for many organizations, as is Word or even Outlook. We look at these things every day, but God forbid we remove them from the desktop. Most organizations, I think, frankly, would crumble. It's not about the menus or clicking through the the steps. It really is the softer side of using these tools that makes them the most powerful. And clearly at McKinsey, that's a big deal. Yep, absolutely. So what you're feeling, Katie, about soft skills, if I may go a little off script on you here for just a second, because... But one of the big things we hear often in performance support is that you got, yeah, guys, I get it. The pop-up thing. Yeah, you're embedding it in PowerPoint. Get that. The old days of robo help or even help itself within software. But you can't do this for soft skills. You can't do performance support for soft skills. It's procedural only, clearly works with IT. With the journey you've been, particularly in that project, and, and again, we can go into some others in a minute. What's your feeling on that, what I think, frankly, call a myth about performance support? It took some convincing for me, too, right? I had to dig into it to really figure it out. But you can break anything down into a process. So Mm -hmm. we took this and we we broke it down into how do I create the storyline, the story that I'm trying to tell? How do I design the page? 
And then how do I produce the page? So when we did our rapid workflow analysis and we looked at this, we, we broke it down into those three big process buckets. And then within that, you go into what are the key activities and what are the quick steps for those activities? And then you use the pyramid approach of what else do you as an individual need? What other resources do you need to complete the task? So you can break it down. I'm working on another project, Bob, right now. We're just in the beginning stages, but we're trying to provide support for all of our people managers, our people leaders. Mm-hmm. And we call it, how do I? And it's how do I hire someone? How do I develop them? How do I evaluate them? How do I expand them and help them grow in their career? And then how do I handle issues? HR. You know, you know what I love about that, though, is either you're starting with how do I? So yeah. how do I open a can? Yep. How, how do I bold in word? Sure. Yep. You know, yeah, you go to, but there is how do I lead? Yep. How do I grow an individual? Yep. How do I diffuse a tough situation? This is the thing that I don't know why our industry doesn't get, Katie, because the challenge I often put back to people, we hear it in soft skills all the time, particularly leadership. Can't do performance support for leadership and EPSS won't work with leadership. And I'm like, can I ask you a question? Then obviously you don't have leadership training. And they're like, oh my gosh, we have days of it. Then what do you talk about? If you can't design leadership into steps, into how do I's, then you can't train it because there's nothing to train on. But I, I think just because we're not clicking a button or choosing a menu or lifting a tool, there are still task procedures supporting knowledge to leading well, to doing soft skill things. That's right. I think sometimes we get too literal. We get our own, in our own way. When you take a step back and think about what it takes to do these things. I mean, of course, there's an art to it. And, and you yeah. can provide different types of resources that help examples of things yep. that help people kind of develop their own art, if you will, of leading. And that's the brilliant part. I mean, right. Khan always says, there's supporting knowledge to even principle-based things. Yep. There's how to do things based on guidelines. Sure, it's not checklist one, two, three, or click this menu, click this menu, but they are defendable, supportable, with very, to your point, concrete and tangible things to yep. do, if you will, the abstract, well, repeatable, and in a way that's effective. Absolutely. Brilliant, brilliant. So, okay, so my friend, so, so from there, how has that helped you get to the next place one of the really exciting project that we've just we finished the, the first phase, I would say, I was asked to come in and work with our visual graphics team. So it's kind of related to the written comms that I just talked about. But in McKinsey, because these deliverables are so important to clients, the consultants have to know how to do it. But we also have a group of people that we call visual graphics and media that support our consultants in developing materials. And these are large groups that are focused in basically in India and in Poland and in Costa Rica. The consultants will create the draft of the pages and send them off to these folks to create in our formatting and everything and, and provide visual treatment and graphical treatment and then send them back. So this is about 1,200 people that provide these services to the firm. And it was taking a very long time, like almost 18 to even 24 months to get these new hires completely up to speed. And you might be like, wow, that's a long time. And and it is, but this is a really complex role. Kind of the talent that we're getting, I would say very junior, they're coming in, they have to learn again, PowerPoint, but the McKinsey version of PowerPoint, they have to learn this whole kind of structuring. There's just a lot. It's very complex. Well, and and I've watched them work. It's not just clip art. I mean, (laughs) these people are, they're making graphical suggestions, if you will, into the interpretation of these elaborate presentations. That's right. 
And so the leader of that group just came to me and said, can you help us cut that time to competency? It's really important that we, for a lot of reasons, turnover, retention, hiring, all of that stuff. And so, you know, that's a performance consultant's kind of dream project. I was really excited to jump in and do that. And then we worked with the visual graphics leadership team to get them aligned on kind of Mm. this thinking. And so I spent a day with them in a workshop taking them through a lot of change exercise. We did a lot around kind of their existing beliefs around learning and development. We did a lot of show and tell and share and visioning and dreaming around what could be the possible solution. And we got agreement to test and learn with this approach. And the other interesting part is because they're located in these different centers, those centers weren't even really talking that much to each other. They were sharing some things, but they weren't on a globally consistent program. And so we brought the learning lead from from India, from Poznan, from Costa Rica together, and uh, we started working together as a team and we did rapid workflow analysis. All of the five moments, the, the enable methodology, we used rapid workflow analysis with the critical skills analysis. We did the learning and performance plan, learning experience performance plan. We did uh, all of that work and it was the great opportunity to now do the full blended approach, really Mm. define what was performance and what was going to be in the in-person program. And it was just amazing to watch this unfold, helping these learning leads in each of these areas learn this approach and kind of think performance. Mm. You know, the, the existing agenda was very much, okay, you join, you start, and you learn about PowerPoint. Okay, so we're going to teach you PowerPoint. We're going to teach you the McKinsey version of PowerPoint. And then we're going to teach you graphical treatment. And then we're going to teach you this. This flip was now day one when you join, you get the job sheet in your email. You open up that job sheet, which tells you the assignment that you have in front of you. And you start to build that page just like you were on the floor as a business presentation specialist right then. So you're shifting it from an agenda-based learning program to a very, this is my job and this is how I perform. So from topical to procedural to the processes. Hmm. Yes, exactly. And we tested this and I was able to, I was in India and I was able to watch this group go through the first piece of this. And it was amazing. I was in there to see the old version. They had a trainer in front of the room that was teaching them step by step. And then we introduced this job sheet module, the new way of doing it where it was now a facilitator that said, okay, please go into your email, open this up. This is a job sheet. This is your first task. Use your digital coach, which they now call the digi coach, which is our performance support solution. (laughs) Use the digi coach with the job sheet and learn about the job sheet. And then the facilitator stopped. And then these kids, these kids went crazy. They got so excited. They're learning about it. And then the facilitator brought it back together. Okay. What's the assignment? What do you have to do? And then they started talking and interacting. And what was this field in the job sheet? And why is that important? And they had that kind of dialogue and they just lit up. And when we, we debriefed it, I said, you know, and I was there and I said, well, what was that like? And they're like, it was empowering. It was wow. it was so much better than the death by PowerPoint listening to somebody tell me what to do. I was actually figuring it out for myself. You know, and you know what I love about that story is that so many people misinterpret, and frankly, this is on Khan and I, but so many people misinterpret the five moments for the EPSS performance support side alone. And and, and in our own defense, you know, early on when we talked about this years ago, that was clearly the weakest muscle. It was our blind spot in L&D. 
But what we've learned and really have to intensely come back to what you just so beautifully described is what it does for training. Yep. You know, what, what you just described is what training should do. It's what training does best. It's what training does like nothing else. And it's the, you know, that group work, the group think, the discovery, the empowerment, the enablement, the fail forward, all those things that content gets in the way of that your model freed it to do. In that part of the five moments, although there's five moments, you know, we often skip the impact and the importance of one and two when you do this well. It was a beautiful design. I mean, a beautiful blended design of the performance support and interacting with some of the the key concepts from like the learning sciences. I mean, we were really contextually focused, learn by doing, providing scaffolding, taking that scaffolding away, you know, building in the complexity. And all along, they had the DigiCoach right with them. And then when they go back on the floor after they left learning, they had that support, that digital coach. So the results of this, the resources required now in the new, in this new method are significantly less. After they go back on the floor, in the past, they had a coach that kind of monitored them. These Mm. coaches don't have as much to do now because Mm. they're better prepared and it's taking much less time. We've cut the competency in half, time to competency in half. Oh, my gosh. And the team really believes they can get it down another two to three months um, just from this this approach. So our leadership is bouncing off the wall. And and now they're like, can you do the same thing for this organization? You know, we're having similar challenges. (laughs) And so it's, it's been really fun. To, to do this project and see the results. Well, and, and that's what we often say. This this is a journey one one project at a time. Yeah. We do we we got to do the pitch. I love it. I love your aligning to the thinking exercise. We still yep. have got to lay the groundwork. Train transfer sustain five moments. All these things. Those are fundamentals. But I love that you kept it to a day. Yep. <laughs> because you got to get to doing it. The eyes are opened. The buy-in comes through seeing, touching, tasting this thing in action like you so brilliantly did there. So, hey, my friend, let's talk a little bit about lessons learned. So many people that comment on the podcast and participate are newbies. Many are not five moments enamored yet, or frankly, they're they're, they're growing into it. You're clearly farther down the journey with, with, obviously, as we all do, still things to learn. But think back, a couple questions. Number one, what would you do differently sitting where you do now when you look back on the journey? Is there something that you in particular would say, uh, nah, you know, that, I, I, I know I did that, but frankly, if I could undo and redo, <laughs> <laughs> that's an area I think I'd go after. I think it is really communicating clearly throughout the process. So one of the big hiccups we had in the visual graphics project is when I was working with the learning leaders across the centers, My thinking was further ahead because I was really versed in five moments and in performance support solution. When I described this, they got it, but they were having a really hard time seeing it in action. And I really, I ended up having to go to India with them and get into it, get my hands into it. And I think there's something about how we communicated with that group that if I had to do it over again, I think I would have done more in person and really really working with the learning team. It's the learning team you have to really convince and <laughs> and educate. So I think that's one big area where I would have spent, I would have done it a little bit differently. I would have had a few more examples and more clear communication with that group to help them really understand what this meant. Mm. So I'm just starting out and I'm thinking about going this way. Yeah. You sort of spoke to that in that longer journey. The feedback we get is that these stories are so 
empowering to folks. It builds their courage, right? It builds their, yeah. but again, they hear this and go, my gosh, I want to be there someday. But frankly, I'm way back here. I'm way, way back here. Yeah. What would you tell yourself? Remember we met in Chicago. Do you remember that? Yeah. We had that remarkable day yeah. in Chicago. Think back to that day. What would you tell yourself in that day to those sitting here in that seat listening to this for the first time? Well, I would say starting small mm. is really important. And, and you really pushed us on this. You start small with pick one thing that you can really work on and do the proof of concept. And that was really powerful for us to do something very, very small. So we took one piece of, of the written comms. That was our first solution, the solution for our consultants. We took one piece of that. We built it out. And then we tested it with learners. Well, we had learners actually help us develop it. And I, that is a key, key thing that you have to have. And I love how you say business matter expert, not just a subject matter expert, but someone that's really understands and is in the guts of the business. So we had learners, the actual users of this part of the process along the journey of designing it. But then we tested early and often with our learners. And that really had an impact on us being able to do this and, and do it effectively and get it out the door. So I, I think that's one thing. I think secondly is don't put too much pressure on yourself. It's the, the crawl, <laughs> walk, crawl, walk, run. Literally, I mean, we're in walk mode now, I would say. We're not even in run. We're, we're in walk. And I'm, I'm comfortable with that. I think that's yeah, yeah. a good place for us to be. So I think sometimes you put pressure on yourself. You think you're going to do this really quickly and get it out the door and everything's going to work perfectly. And it takes time to build a story. It takes time to, to get everybody engaged in this, meaning your, your business leaders, your learning and development professionals, and your learners, and, and your managers of the learners too. They're important in this process as well. And then all your coaches and trainers and facilitators, all of those, there's a lot of stakeholders that you have to engage. And when you start small, you can start to do that more effectively. That's kind of my advice learning a lot through our work with you, Bob, it's it's really how do you pick something small, test and learn. You're going to fail. You, you fail early, fix it, get back on things and make it work. And it's a wonderful pace at which to go. You know, sustainability is different than a flash in the pan. You don't yeah. want to be, and, and in the early days of our work, Katie, candidly, we did a lot of what Con and I now call one hit wonders. And we got so enamored with the thing in front of us, we didn't realize that it is crawl, walk, run. You know, my, my mom once said, although there will be revolutionary approaches and in instruction, they will only ever be adopted in an evolutionary way. And so I tried to revolutionize through one really good project and became yeah. so myopic in that. And then God forbid I lost my stakeholder or that project ended. Thinking we'd impacted the enterprise, the, the thing literally died. It literally died in you in your journey. I love using that word, have taken that crawl, walk, run, building on the other, understanding that it, clearly you have to be successful in each of those efforts. Yep. But the broader win is keeping your eye on that bigger picture in the landscape all the time. That's right. That's absolutely wow. right. Well, my friend, we could go on forever. I know. <laughs> wait, wait, did I good? <laughs> but my gosh, we'll come back again and we'll, and we'll, yep. we'll talk more about this. We cannot thank you enough, Katie, for the wonderful leader that you are, for the risk that you take, for the way you're, you and your organization are so wonderful at sharing your story so that others can learn and, and hopefully someday be as wonderful as you. So can't thank you enough. Really appreciate you being here today. Oh, it was great. It was great to be here with you, Bob. Thanks so much for asking me. 
Well, that's it for this episode of the Five Moments of Need Performance Matters series. We look forward to future conversations around how to best put the five moments of need into practice. We welcome your feedback and can be reached on Twitter using my Twitter handle at BMOSH, as well as our Five Moments of Need website, which is www.5momentsofneed.com. We hope you're finding these helpful and will subscribe to future episodes. Have a great day, friends.